football season is officially here. It's week one of the 2023 college football season as we are just about set to embark on our way to Bloomington, Indiana, the home of the Indiana Hoosiers, where they will take on the Ohio State Buckeyes ranked third in the country. Welcome into the Block O Show presented by Barrio Tacos. Alongside Matt Goldman, Austin Kroom, Joey Fear. I'm Tyler Danber. Guys, it's finally here. The wait is over. Matt, what are you excited most about this season? Just to see football again on the field. Getting back to Ohio Stadium, the team. There's a lot of new faces for this Buckeyes offense that I think a lot of people are going to be excited about, especially at quarterback. So I'm really excited just to see how they play this year, and maybe they have some revenge on their mind against a team up north. Austin, your first season of calling Ohio State football, you got to be looking forward to that. Oh, I mean, definitely. Just kind of getting to the games itself, going to the shoe, you know, seeing how they're going to go around in all these travel games. And like Matt said, new team, a lot of new faces, a couple guys in some new positions, see how they step up in those crucial and clutch moments. And it's just going to be a fun season. Joey, the quarterback, there's been a lot of anticipation on who that starting QB will be at Memorial Stadium. It's going to be Kyle McCord. What sticks out to you? about the Ohio State starting quarterback, McCord. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, I mean, a lot. This was kind of a, a debate kind of for a while. Is it going to be McCord? Is it going to be Brown? Who is it going to be? But you know, Ryan Day named Kyle McCord earlier this week the starting quarterback. And I'm excited for, for him to kind of get in that starting role and certainly be uh, consistent. He's got a lot of great talent around him, both on the uh, backside with you got Mayan Williams, you got Travion Henderson and that out wide receiver as well. You got Marvin Harrison and so many guys. Abuka is back. So he's got a great, a lot of talent around him. I'm just uh, excited to see how he kind of controls that. Now, he was going for the starting job against Devin Brown, another five-star quarterback out of the state of Utah. And it was pretty close, Matt. It was about 10 days ago where Devin Brown might have been pulling away. Kyle McCord was able to close that gap and give Ryan Day that excuse, or not necessarily the excuse, but the reason to start him against the Hoosiers, and he's going to have a lot of returning weapons. As you look at that receiving room, the wide receivers, the tight ends, there is a lot to choose from. Maybe one of the best wide receiver rooms that has been at Ohio State in an illustrious last couple of years. Yeah, having the son of a Hall of Famer, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's one of the top prospects in this NFL draft this year. So right off the bat, like, we saw him yesterday at media availabilities, and he walked right by us, and he looks like a freak. I mean, he put on muscle this offseason. You didn't think he could look any better than he already does, and he's just getting better day by day. I think Emeka Abuka, a lot of people just don't know as much about him because of Marvin Harrison Jr. in this wide receiver room, and he's such a high prospect. But Abuka's a first-round talent. So having those two around McCord, and McCord and Harrison Jr. have that high school connection. They played together at St. Joseph Prep in Philadelphia is going to be key. And then Carnell Tate, Brandon Innes are also key players that are freshmen but could have significant playing time this year. You talked about tight end. Cade Stover, I mean, he returned after he could have gone to the NFL draft, been a day two pick, got some good money, been on a 53-man roster, but he's back. He is great for this team. He is another weapon for Ryan Day. He can block well in the run game. I really like Cade Stover, an underrated part of this team. Yeah, 400-plus yards for Stover last year, five touchdowns, just great numbers for an Ohio State tight end room that might not be as involved in the pass-catching duties, but Stover certainly went against that grain. Now, Austin, looking at last year, 2022 season was a strong one for Ohio State, but 
big plays seem to be one of the tragic flaws to that 11-2 and Buckeye squad. And sometimes there's a bit too much stress on those incredible plays that you see. you got to have consistent play, not just from week one, but from the first snap. It doesn't matter what the score is or who you're playing. If you are going to force yourself to go in those such crucial roles and moments, then you might have to choke, and then it doesn't work out. you got to play from the first snap with your best dominant football. And Lathan Ransom said yesterday at the media availabilities, you and I were listening, Tyler, they can't give up those explosive plays. We saw that happen in those big games in the Georgia game the Michigan game, even Penn State. And the first play of the year last year of the season was Notre Dame, where they gave it up right away. Tanner McAllister had an open field tackle and couldn't convert. So as Austin said, like the big plays is something they cannot give up. And Lathan Ransom knows they see it on film all the time. Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator, has harped on it. And they need to work on that if they need to if they want to have a successful season. And it makes you wonder too, Matt, how much a second year under Jim Knowles can do to this Ohio State defense. And also, what probably goes a little overshadowed, just under 45 points per game over the last four years for Ohio State's offense. That's most in the country. Now, Joey, the Buckeyes, they start the season on the road against a conference opponent. That's sometimes weird to see, but do you see any parallels to when they took on Minnesota back in 2021? Yeah, I mean, certainly you got you got definitely the quarterback situation of, of McCord kind of stepping into this starter role. Uh, very similar to C.J. Stroud, what he did in 2021, um, stepping in there. But I certainly see an Indiana team right now. Obviously, you talked about didn't have their best season. They've been struggling under uh, head coach Tom Allen, 4-8, and 2-7 and seven in the Big Ten. But, you know, it's, it's week one. Um, teams are trying to find their identity still. They're trying to feel each other out. Um, and I think it's a, I mean, obviously a Big Ten matchup. Ohio State has dominated this matchup, but you, you can't underestimate Indiana. I mean, you take it back to last year, their first game, their biggest win of the season was against Illinois. Um, so I see some parallels to that. So I'm going to be interested to see how this Indiana team comes out. Um, and they got to be motivated as well, taking on a powerhouse at Ohio State in week one. Uh, they're going to have a lot of uh, fire in them, and they're definitely going to be uh, hyped up to, to try to win this game. Indiana lost a lot, so what do they do? They go to the transfer portal. 25 transfers for seventh-year head coach Tom Allen. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I mean, looking over the depth chart right now, their entire projected starting defensive line is all transfers. Andre Carter, Western Michigan transfer. Patrick Lucas Jr., Ole Miss transfer. Philip Liddy, Texas Tech transfer. And UCLA transfer, Miles Jackson. So you have all these guys that are going to be on the defensive line that are all new faces this is something that Ohio State's not used to seeing from an Indiana team because they're used to seeing a Tom Allen team that's homegrown guys from Ohio, from Indiana, but that's not the case anymore. Absolutely. Austin, there's some uncertainty over who's going to be their signal caller as well. Tom Allen said that they made a quarterback decision, but it's not going to be announced until you see that person emerge for the first snap. Yeah, and you really don't know if it's going to be the true freshman Taven Jackson or not or if they're going to go to the somewhat mixture quarterback-receiver in Soresby. I mean, there's just such situational play that they're going to have to figure out. It's almost like the Ryan Day situation. He was waiting for quite a long time. He was going to the media and saying, you know, I'm looking at a couple guys right now. They both play different kinds of football, but either one that's going to be started is going to be successful. It's a bit of the same situation for Indiana. We could probably make the assumption they have their pick behind the scenes and just not telling the media, and that might be a little bit of a trick towards Ohio State. If you don't know who they're going out with, you can't look at the scouting report and be definite on, oh, this guy's going out or this one. It just keeps you on your toes, and that's what IU needs. Is there a benefit to 
not publicly disclosing who your starting quarterback is going to be? I think it adds an element of not only the media knowing, because as soon as they know, you can get every story you want, every backup thing you need, and then start to find out those pieces on, maybe I can find where to break the ice and get to him. If you don't tell the media, then the other team doesn't know, and just the offense and defense knows, and that allows them to play their best kind of football. So let's get into keys to the game. Joey, I'll start with you. What do both these teams have to do to get a win? I think Ohio State just has to establish the run game uh, kind of early. I mean, we talk about this team. We know how well they are uh, through the air. But getting Travion Henderson back, getting Mayan Williams uh, back and healthy, uh, that's going to be a big key for this team is establishing the run game, dominating uh, the line of scrimmage because what really hurt them in the big games last year, I mean, you take it to Michigan, was getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. So that, that's going to be a big key, I think, for Indiana as well, trying to find their identity. Um, they don't really know, um, well, I guess we don't know, who their QB is going to be. Uh, but for them, it's about you know getting some offense going because this is a team that struggled offensively uh, a lot last year. There's about two or three games where they only scored only 14 points or less. So uh, they're a team, though, that's going to have to start to uh, find some momentum offensively and to try to take it to Ohio State early and on. Uh, because if Ohio State gets up early in this game, they're going to run away with it. I would say for Ohio State, it's the red zone defense. They were really poor last year in their red zone defense, allowing 91% of offenses to score once they were in opponent red zone. That was 13th in the Big Ten, second to last, and 125th in the FBS. That is really poor for a Jim Knowles defense that you paid $2.1 million per year to get from Oklahoma State. You expect better when... In, at Oklahoma State, they were one of the top defenses in the country, and that's Big 12 versus Big 12, and we know how Big 12 offenses work every week. And then for Indiana, I would say it's establishing the run game, like Joey kind of said for Ohio State. For Indiana, it's kind of running back by committee. They have a lot of great options in the backfield. Josh Henderson, Jalen Lucas, Christian Turner. I think they can't go wrong with any of those options. And this Ohio State defensive line, it's experienced, but we're, a, we're not going to see yet if they're up for the test they didn't really show much last year in certain games that they were that defensive line that we've seen in the past with the Chase Youngs, the Joey Boses, the Nick Boses. We'll see if that's the case this year, but I think this Indiana run game is their strong part of their offense. And I think for myself is you got to stop the other team from getting those insane highlight plays, but also now that the clock doesn't stop on the first downs, run the clock down. If you're going to work that ground game like Joey said, why not take a seven-yard gain each and every time if it gets 40 seconds off the clock? Just keep going. If you go down and march it down the field for one touchdown and it takes nine minutes, go for it. Why not waste as much time as you can? It forces Indiana to not only play their best ball, but if they go three and out, that could be the end of the quarter. Of course, new first down rules. I, I, I was going to say exactly off that time of possession, especially, especially now, is so key because you know after you get a first down, the clock doesn't stop. So holding that ball, I mean, if Indiana, if they want to you know, be close and competitive in this game, it's about their time of possession. Can they continue to get those you know, third, third and ones, third and twos, where they continue to push down the field, waste some clock off, which allows Ohio State offensively to not be on the ball. So and you have to think, like, from a betting perspective, if you're betting, like, Ohio State covering that 30-and-a-half-point spread, they might not hit it just due to the fact that the clock is going to be running in Indiana. Yep. It's like... We don't want to look like we just lost 52 to 3. We rather look like we lost 27 to 3. And just from their confidence perspective, and they're running down the clock, it could be big money for some people. So looking at it from that perspective, just on the outside. Well, definitely. And especially after their last matchup in last November, you lost 56 to 14. I mean, that doesn't look good any way you try to spread it. If you can't have those situations where you are just wasting the clock, 
you know, maybe Vegas isn't happy about it, yeah. but it also makes your team look better. And we know teams play differently in week one. They don't go based off their matchup. If they go out and go, you know, we're already finding a hole. Why don't we just keep attacking it? That could be the difference maker for Indiana. Yeah, and maybe Brian Hartline, the new offensive coordinator, is going to start pushing the ball down their throats. And as Joey said earlier, establishing the run game, I think that could be key for the Buckeyes. I'm going to stick with that as well. And time of possession, really important for Indiana. Just 25 minutes averaged of possession last year on offense for Walt Bell and his Hoosiers offense. So I'll go with time of possession for Indiana, trying to make as many plays as they can just to try and get chances to score and for Ohio State getting pressure behind the sticks in the passing game I think especially an inexperienced Indiana quarterback regardless of whether it's going to be Taven Jackson Brendan Soresby maybe some Dexter Williams sprinkled in this is a great opportunity to showcase what this defensive line has been working on throughout the summer so we'll go with that and we will send it over to Matt with a read from our main sponsor Barrio Tacos. Barrio Tacos is open right in the heart of the Ohio State campus at 15th and High. Barrio Tacos is serving tacos and margs late night each night and has an incredible happy hour with half off margs and dollar off tacos weekdays from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Don't forget Barrio Tacos accepts Buck ID and offers to go and DoorDash. Now, of course, happy hour does not extend into the weekends, so of course that 3.30 kick at Memorial Stadium will not apply to it, but you should make your way over because it's going to be a great time. They're going to have the watch parties going on. They're going to have the games on at Barrios, so you might as well just grab a taco and grab a seat, enjoy the game. Doesn't sound too bad to me. I mean, we'll be up there in the booth, but uh, if there was tacos at Indiana, I wouldn't say no. We'll find we'll find a way to get one. How about that? <laughs> Matt, what's your score prediction going to be for this ball game? Oof, this is going to be tough. I just talked about the spread earlier, 30 and a half, and don't take my betting advice. I'm not a better. Uh, I would say for Ohio State, it's going to be going to be a little bit like Notre Dame Navy, 42-3. Just stick it at that. Indiana is not a strong Power 5 team. They're the first Power 5 team ever to hit 700 losses. The history shows itself. Last time Ohio State was at Indiana, I was there in Bloomington as a fan for that game. And it was pouring rain. Uh, C.J. Stroud played. And then Kyle McCord did get some action as well. It did not... It did not get pretty for the Hoosiers, and I don't think it's going to be pretty again. I think as much as Kyle McCord and Denver Brown are both going to play, it's going to be the stars, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca, Buka, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, just running the ball down their throats, catching easy passes and running against this Indiana defense is going to be uh, really easy for these Buckeyes. I have to go 45-7, so pretty similar, but I honestly think those seven points are going to be Indiana in the first quarter. They're going to find something that they see in the backfield defense and just use it, and then they'll get that you know that first touchdown. Maybe they go up 7 nothing, and then the Buckeye backfield and secondary defense is just going to lock in the remainder of the game and show why they score some of the most points in the entire country. Jalen Lucas is spark plug, too. Big Ten return specialist of the year. Only FBS player last year with two kickoff returns for touchdowns, so maybe he could get that explosive play and light that fire. What about you, Joey? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Indiana's going to come out with a lot of energy. They're going to be fired up early. Uh, first game of the season at home against a, a huge opponent in Ohio State. Um, I like them to score early. I think it's going to be like they're going to start. They're going to start with a field goal or maybe a touchdown, but I think Ohio State will find their identity. They're going to start to run away with it. But I like this game to be about 38-10. I think that's my score prediction. So Ohio State, in that regards, will not cover. Um, but still, <laughs> nonetheless, it's going to be uh, Ohio State dominant win. 
I'll go 42-14 Ohio State. So I think the consensus is Ohio State will look to try and extend that win streak over Indiana. The Hoosiers still have not won since 1988 and 1989. It's one of the longest FBS win streaks by one team over another in the history of college football, especially right now. So we'll see if Ohio State, ranked third in the country, can do that. And maybe Indiana has a surprise up their sleeve. So that'll do it from us for the Block O Show alongside Matt Goldman, Austin Kroon, Joey Fear. I'm Tyler Danberg signing off. You'll hear from us starting at 3 p.m. with 3.30 p.m. kickoff on September 2nd from Memorial Stadium in Bloomington, Indiana. Number three, Ohio State and Indiana set to do battle for week one of the college football season. 